You're listening to Your Art Friends, Beth Radloff and Andrew Thompson. They're about to have a thoroughly unserious discussion about art. But don't worry, whether you're Da Vinci or the Worst, there's room on this palette for every color. If this is your first time listening to Creatives Brainstorm, be forewarned, because once you start looking at life like an artist, there's no undo button. Hello? Is that? <laughs> Hello? We Hello. All, I don't like that at all. <laughs> I'm Beth. And I'm Andrew. And we're your art friends. Um, This this part. What would you just... Check in time. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> we, we accidentally check in with each other before we start recording. And so now we know how we are. Andrew just got a haircut. I did. It's so luxurious. First haircut in how many months? Since the insurrection. Oh, my God. I literally cut my hair on January 6th in my bathroom while listening to, like, live coverage of the insurrection at the Capitol. Was it a very jagged, emotional cut? Um... It, it took a long time to get it right because I had to keep like going into another room and like sitting in front of like a floor length mirror like to to check the back of it because mm-hmm. I was like paranoid I was going to like miss a spot. But it, it turned out fine. Like it looked good in the front. I don't know how it looked in the back necessarily. I never saw it because every time you talked to me, you had a hat on. Well, yeah, because the last like three weeks I've just been Mr. Beanie or like baseball cap all the time. I recommend a blunt bob because then you can just put it in a ponytail and take a pair of scissors, <laughs> chop it hard and let it fall. There, I did have a moment. I was talking to the barber today and I was just like, I was like, yeah, I definitely had a point where I was like, do I want to grow this out? And then there was a, the flip side, which was like, just shave it all off. And then I was like, no, mm-hmm. I like I've never had long hair because I can't get through the awkward phase. I can't do it. It's. And it is so awkward. I have had, um, I go through a cycle every like five years where I grow my hair out to my butt and then I cut all of it off and I have boy hair and then I grow it all. I shouldn't say boy hair. I said it too late. And then I grow it all the way out again and cut it all off. And that awkward phase is the absolute worst. I always look like a, I go back to my 13 year old self, like my least, (laughs) my least actualized self. See, if I went back to my 13-year-old self, I would have, like, my hair just, like, down. And it would just be just boring. He's pointing at his eyebrows. Well, like, my hair is super, like, flat. So, like, if Mm -hmm. I don't do anything to it, it's just going to be, like, glued to my head. Like, and just, Mm. like, bowl cut, like, 90s uh, animated series protagonist, like, part in the middle, like, little... Center part, yep. Little dangly bang things. Well, Dawson's Creek boy. Yeah, basically. But also mine's like uneven. So it's not like totally in the center. So it like it doesn't even look good. You know, I think what you're what you're sporting now looks great. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. My brain just went totally empty. Do I have something to share? I mean, on the on the topic of hair, you do. I bought bangs. (laughs) I bought 
Amazon bangs. I was working on uh, Anna Akana YouTube video. I do motion graphics for her frequently. And her mm -hmm. and a couple of her friends who were in this video just scene to scene would have bangs and then not have bangs. And this whole time, this whole time of Kofifi, I've wondered, should I cut bangs for myself? And I haven't done it because the answer is no, it doesn't look that great on me. Um, but the Amazon is over here like, I got you back, Beth. And I purchased $12 clip and bangs and I'm having so much fun. And I'm also like embarrassed about it because I'm just sitting in my own office by myself with my bangs on. Like I'm not filming. I'm not talking <laughs> to anybody. I'm just in my own I just... in my own space doing something for myself, which is wearing clip on bangs. And I, I'm embarrassed by it, but I'm also doing my best to not be embarrassed by it anymore. I just love the mental image of you just like sitting in your office with like these clip on bangs and just like giggling to yourself like <laughs> that's truly what it was like. <laughs> oh, well, like, I felt I, like I, I had it all. And if I didn't want bangs, you could just take them right off. Yeah, I, I can relate because I made a purchase um, several months ago. And it was all because of an Instagram ad because Instagram knows that I like colorful clothing and uh -huh. patterns. And it recommended this like shirt jacket thing that's like one half of it is just like pink and the other half is just like rainbow colors. And it's like a button up shirt and it's like a little too big, but I also kind of love it. But I haven't like worked up the 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 courage to like wear it outside of my own home yet. Why? You're wearing like a, a light baby pink dinosaur button up today. <laughs> yeah. How is that any different from rainbow jacket button up? I honestly I can't tell you. I I yeah, I don't know. Like, well, this uh, shirt so in general, I've had this one for a very long time, but I rarely wear it. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think I wore the last time I wore it was for one of my magic streams. Of course, on there, like it doesn't make any, it doesn't matter because nobody can see me like below here, so like they're not gonna ever know what I'm wearing. But I think it's fun to wear dinosaurs and play magic. <laughs> but yeah, I can't, I can't tell you why there's a difference, but there is a difference in my head. But every so often, I'll do the thing that you do, said, and I'll, like, put that shirt on, and I'll just, like, wear it around the house, and I'll, like, catch myself in the mirror and, like, pose and, like... Yeah, it's a for you shirt. <laughs> yeah. This isn't for anybody else. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll go out in the town in our rainbow shirt and bangs. Yeah. It'll probably make a resurgence when uh, conventions come back. Because mm -hmm. when conventions come back, I'm I'm all about... Well, I'm getting more, like... I'm embracing wearing like colors and stuff a lot more, which is super fun. Uh, mm -hmm. I highly recommend to anybody who's considering uh, making their wardrobe more fun and, and brighter. And um, it all started with conventions because before COVID, I had like a couple shirts and like a hoodie and like a jacket that were like my convention clothes. And, yeah. and they, I, I, it, it turned into a game almost where I would try to find clothing that had like the same color schemes as my art. And I had like, so not only are you decorating your table, but you're decorating yourself as yeah. an extension. Yeah. And then it became like, I don't want to get too into the whole like sales technique side of things, but it became like a talking point 
that mm-hmm. like I didn't have to like come up with because it was just like somebody be like, hey, you match your art. And I was like, ha ha ha, like imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> That's frankly brilliant. Uh, and and so, yeah. I, It'll I, only work if you have very colorful art, though. Like if you just draw black and white and you wear like a black shirt, no one's going to comment on that. Or or if you're Tim and you wear gold pants. Tim Von Ruden. Is that what he does? Yeah, he doesn't wear it all the wear them all the time, but he does have a pair of like the most, as he says, gaudy gold pants mm-hmm. because that is how he phrases it. But I think it's great because it also like you know matches his art and, and everything. But he'll break those out every so often. I like to imagine you you when you were boothing when you're boothing i don't do this so when it's obvious it's so obvious that i don't do this when you're tabling at a convention i kind of like boothing boothing I, I like it all right sick when you're boothing at a convention generally you're sitting there right uh you can stand every once in a while but i imagine that if you have i'm short so i stand otherwise my table starts to block me oh buddy <laughs> well tim's tall yeah so he 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 can sit but he's got these very loud pants. And so I like to imagine that he sits at his table and like puts his legs up on his table <laughs> so that people can see his legs. And so it's not so much that he has brightly colored pants that people are instead coming over and being like, why are you like this, sir? Yeah. Why do you have your legs up on the table and also the brightly colored pants? And he's like, haha, thanks for starting the conversation with me. Yeah. Please look at my art. Yeah, that's great. I, brilliant. I, I wish that's the case. I wish that was the case. Well, uh, next time I see him, I'll have a couple ideas to pitch. I did just see him. Well, not in person, obviously, but I did see him on a video call earlier this week, which was super fun. How do you have you have art, Andrew? You have art friends. Yeah, that's the name of this podcast. Your art friends. <laughs> I know. I made I made that the name so that it seemed like I have art friends, but, but I don't, you don't. So what's it like? Fuck. <laughs> Sucks to suck. What's it like, Andrew? Uh, it's great. Okay. <laughs> so, did he say he's nice? He's nice to you? Yeah. <laughs> do you guys give each other help on, on your art? Yes. Yes, we do. Today, you guys? <laughs> today, I said, I'm working on a piece myself, and I sent it to my group chat, which are, they're not artists. They're brilliant, wonderful, funny, creative people, but they don't draw. And so, I was like, hey... I have a I have a trouble here. What do you think about version one versus version two? And one of my friends told me that an element of my drawing looked like cum. And that was what I got. That's all I got. That's why I'm starting this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all because her friends spirits. Said. It's it's wispy spirits moving through the forest. And he said they look like little little cummies. And I'm, (laughs) what do I do with that? Oh my gosh. Well, today I wanted to talk about something uh, totally different from any of the topics that we were just sharing. Ah, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. There's plenty of places where you can learn how to do your taxes as an artist. And uh, that's not here. Yeah, no, I can't help you either. I can't Mm -hmm. tell you that you could write off art books as research. But that's bad. That's that's the most helpful advice I can give. I have a lot of advice, actually, but I just I'm not here. Yep. 
I, one day I'll make a YouTube video about it. But until then, let's instead talk about how art secretly really matters to all of us. And that's exemplified by coffee mugs. I want to talk about coffee mugs today. I want to I want to point out that that it, and since, you know, they can't see you, uh, that you are not drinking out of a coffee mug. Um, oh, I OK, have, I, I do have one. I'm drinking out of a water bottle and is a there coffee. anything in that coffee mug there are there are okay there are there are co- a coffee <laughs> I, in there <laughs> like i even poured a Lacroix in this mug just so that i had a mug to drink out of damn dude well put me on blast i wasn't gonna drink the coffee in the coffee mug because the last time i recorded a podcast filled up on coffee mm-hmm. it was intense i was i was buzzing but if Andrew insists, it's, you're going to get Buzzy Beth today. I, you don't actually have to drink it. I just had only seen you use your water water bottle. For the record, Beth does have a mug. Thank you. For the record, Andrew also has a mug. And it matches his dinosaur shirt. Yes. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, there's three parts of this topic that I want to hit on. Uh, like Number one, why we're going to be talking about coffee mugs. Number two... Let's just take a while to think about how much we care about our coffee mugs and like what our coffee mug obsession can lead to. We'll be talking about Ray Dunn later on in the podcast. And then is anything else truly like coffee mugs? Like, are there other useful objects that are singularly, universally artistic expressions of the self? Why did I write that? I mean, it works. Does it? I think it works. Singularly universal artistic expressions of the self, the coffee mug. So that just that means it must be useful, but unnecessary, artful and also personal. Yeah, I have an answer for this, but I'm going to save it for later. You should save it because first, Andrew, (gasps) my favorite. Would you rather we're going to play a little round? Oh, I love this. Would you rather you ready? Yes. Andrew, would you rather... Have your hands become super sticky when it comes to using any and every art supply. Like, it's a process to remove them from your hands. Super glue level sticky. Or, all of your art supplies are powerfully magnetized to repel away from your hands, so it's a chore to hold on to them, let alone control their use. Okay. So either A, my hands are just super sticky... And all art supplies, it's just like Spider, Spider-Man, like, it's just like, they're stuck to my hands. Spider-Man puberty, can't control it. But like, anything that's not art supplies doesn't, doesn't affect, right? It's yeah, just totally fine. Coffee mug, take a sip, put down, no problem. Would you qualify like a stylus or like digital drawing t- pin as an art supply? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Um, and then the other option is that I repel art supplies to the point where I had to like chase down an art a, a fucking pencil to, into like a corner of a room so that yeah one of your corners it. is just totally covered in paint just and graphite marker and, like mm-hmm. marks don't even like. think about using powdered graphite oh god <laughs> a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> you just, become like magneto yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Honestly, before you finish the like the the part about repelling art supplies, mm-hmm. 
I thought it was going to be that I could like magnetically like summon art supplies to me. And I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. Of course. Yeah, obviously that'd be the best. Like just like, and then just like. But you have to have equal uh, options here. I can't give you a handout. I think I'm going to go with sticky hands. I think I'm going to go sticky hands. Um, You got to use a whole process. You got to use like a special kind of moisturizer to get it off. Or I just wear one of these. He's holding a glove. One of the the art gloves that's just like two fingers. How do you get the art glove off your hand, Andrew? Is it an art supply? Yeah. Or is it a glove? Why'd you buy that? Because it makes me look like an archer. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) You lying. (laughs) The magic knows. The magic would you rather gods, they know. Because only my... uh, (laughs) Ring finger and pinky finger get cold. (laughs) (laughs) You want to talk about coffee mugs? Yeah. Tell me about coffee mugs. So here's where this thought came from, right? My freshman year of college, one of my mentors, Dave Chow, taught me how to... I wrote this down, so that's why it sounds like I'm performing it. Um, One of my mentors, Dave Chow, taught me how to see an artist's touch in the world. And it's a lesson that I share often with my Twitch stream and beyond that. Because right now, you can look around yourself and almost everything that you see has been touched by an artist. And not literally touched, I mean like designed by or affected by. I was going to say, it is my office. Oh, 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 that means you're an artist and you touch in everything. (laughs) So Andrew touched your desk. They touched (laughs) your planner. (laughs) He touched your phone. But like, seriously, think about it. Your phone's UI, the app logos, the mic that I'm talking into, the chair that I'm sitting on, uh, blankets, backpacks. I'm looking over here at my like window privacy screen, which has a bunch of patterns in it Mm -hmm. so that my neighbors can't stare into my office. Um, Decorative candles, trash cans, bird cages, sort of thing in here. Uh, And then like the labels that all of these things came packaged in. Every single one of those things was designed by somebody. An artist has affected something that you're looking at right now that's a little anecdote that i often share to people who are like well what can you do if you're an artist what kind of a career is is it to be an artist i'm like everything literally everything so i do believe that art holds the hand of self-actualization it's the top of maslow's hierarchy of needs and all of that i think i think Art is intrinsically tied into what makes us complex human living beings. And it's also deeply stupid. It runs the full gambit. And today I argue that there's no better example of all of this than the coffee mug. Because we, we, what a dumb little thing. Mm -hmm. It's a functional object. It holds liquid and you drink out of it. It doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to have designs on it. It doesn't need to have a form that's completely different or disguised from a coffee mug. But on top of that, not only do we use it to drink out of, sometimes we use our coffee mugs to hold pencils. And the coffee mugs that we use to hold pencils and the coffee mugs that we use to consume liquid, there's reasons why we delegate one to one to each job. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why do we do that? The coffee mugs that I have for my pencils are special to me and I don't I like want to preserve them and display them and use them in display whereas the coffee mugs that I drink out of are kind of like 
not as special, but also important reflections of my own personality. Yeah. It's kind of like my favorite. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the ones that you use for like pencils and stuff is more for like it, it's like the 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 baseball you catch that you want to put inside of a glass case and you never want to like touch it again. That's been like signed by somebody. Yeah, it's got a special vibe to it versus like the everyday uh, mug where you're like, yeah, I'm going to just take this out of the dishwasher or like out of the sink and move it around all the time. And there's a very mm-hmm. high likelihood that my sweaty, not sweaty, my <laughs> There's a very high likelihood that your like slippery like dish soap hands are gonna drop it and break it one day. Andrew, commit to the sweaty. If you have sweaty hands and you I drop your mugs don't, all the time, but now I do because I said it. It's not fair. Yeah, um, if you work in an office, I imagine that almost everybody who's got a cubicle has a little coffee cup that's got a couple pens in it and it says something about them. It's like a representation of the owner. And if they don't, if they don't, I don't trust them. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little <laughs> bit because that gets into the, the uh, Ray Dunn stuff. Yeah. Is there a mug that like you specifically have that you can think of as like your like favorite mug that you use on a like regular basis? Yes. Because like I, I have a story behind mine, which I'll share after after yours. But Okay. Yeah, my number one mug, it's not the one that I'm drinking out of today. The one I'm drinking out of today uh, has a series of rabbits all in coital action. To get, to, they're doing it. I have a mug. It's that's a just horny a, podcast. It's OK. It's a horny podcast. We didn't mean for this to be a horny podcast, but I am drinking out of a rabbit sex mug <laughs> um, that my husband's family bought for him not knowing. <laughs> Were they just like? Of- were they just like, Mike? We we know you love we know you love rabbits. So here's this mug with all these rabbits, and they're just they're yeah. re- they're wrestling. They're just re- they're just playing with each other. Yeah, it's it does just kind of look like a collage of rabbits, but when you get up real close, it's like, oh, that one's giving the other one head. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so great. Yeah, but my favorite mug. Um, back in college, I was referred to as the Owl Girl. It's no secret that I love birds, Ooh. and I uh, I just have, over time, collected a lot of owl paraphernalia. And I was at Bed Bath & Beyond after moving out to Los Angeles, trying to populate my kitchen, and I, I found an owl mug. And the thing is red, it's got big doofy eyes, one of its wings is the handle. Um, and I loved it, and I purchased it, and I use it all the time. It's even like in my branding online. And I liked it so much that I bought a second one that's blue. So now I have a red one and a blue one. Uh, and they and they sit next to each other and, the, and they're in love. Nice. That's I, The one thing I don't like about that owl mug is that when I drink from it, the owl looks at me mm. versus looking out at the world. Yeah, and I, I wish that it looked out at the world so that people could see me drinking from an owl mug. And then I ask myself, why do you want that? <laughs> it, yeah. But I, is it is it like the the owl is staring at you and making it uncomfortable and awkward? Not even. I'm cool. Me and the owl are best friends. We okay. get each other kindred spirits. It's it's a vanity thing. Like I want other people to know that I'm drinking out of this owl mug. And the clearest way to share that is for the owl to look at them. I want them to meet the eyes of this goofy bird. That makes sense. 
does it. Thank you. That was generous. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth, but it's also bananas. We were talking about like, you know, wearing colorful shirts and stuff like I I didn't start wearing them because I necessarily liked them and was like, yes, I want to wear these. Uh-huh. Part of it was kind of a joke at first, but now it's become something where it's like, yeah, I genuinely just enjoy the colorful like patterns, color blocked shirts and and, yeah. and jackets. But it started out as like, I want the world to see. And it also it's aligned with your identity, too. Yeah. Because I keep coming back to these these things that we have and that we express with are a part of our visual identity and our outward identity. That owl mug is my gender. I say that with like a little bit of smart snark, but also it's true. <laughs> also, it's, it represents me in a curious way. But what about yours? So my mug is, it's very simple. It's just a pink mug and it says, hello, gorgeous on it. And the reason I like it is because there's a little bit of a story to it. So I used to have a roommate um, and and she lived here before the pandemic started and she moved out like the perfect time, like right before the pandemic hit. So like Mm -hmm. she didn't have to, there was no, none of the drama of like moving during a pandemic or any of that, like at the beginning. So like, she definitely moved out like the perfect time. And when she first moved in, she had like a a normal day job to go to. And I work from home for the most part, aside from teaching at the time. But even teaching like when she lived here was like two days a week, three hours at a time. So usually I would just kind of like putz around my my house and and do freelance work or personal work or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like when she moved in, this was one of her mugs and she like had it in the, the, the cupboard with all the other other mugs. And one morning I like woke up and I like opened the cupboard and this like hello gorgeous mug is like sitting like front and center, like facing outward. And I read it and I went, hmm, hello. Like what? like it was saying like hello gorgeous to me. <laughs> and then I laughed at it because I thought like, oh, that's silly. And then it just became a like a thing that like anytime I saw the Hello Gorgeous mug in my head, I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> and then uh, when when Lucy moved out, because I told her like one day like that I made myself laugh because of like the Hello Gorgeous mug. And she was like, like when she moved out, she was like, I left you the Hello Gorgeous mug. Oh, <laughs> Lucy. Yeah. So it's partially because of this like little dumb thing like almost a bit that I started doing with myself and then it turned into like something that like Lucy was like oh well like you like this mug a lot and you have this funny thing associated to it so I'm gonna leave it here and so now it's like a little like oh like Lucy what a kind gift yeah but also like a funny dumb thing that work from home Andrew like came up with yeah just makes work from home Andrew smile Mm mm-hmm yeah, everybody's got one. Mike's, my husband's favorite mug is a Grinch mug. Yeah. Uh, because, and he's had it for near 20 years now. Dang. Back in high school, he was cast as the Grinch in Susical the Musical. And his grandma, as a congratulations for your good performance gift, gave him this mug. Mm. And it's so special to him. It's so special that when he was working from an office, he brought it in and he had a he drank from it, put it in the kitchen, to be washed Mm -hmm. and then the next day it disappeared somebody (gasps) had taken it to use and he was 
out of his mind about this mug. (laughs) He cared so much about it, was so distressed that somebody had taken it, that someone else's lips were on his grandma's mug. (laughs) (laughs) And like that makes me think about whenever you go over to your friend's house and you're going to have a cup of coffee or a warm drink and you open up their mug like cabinet, it kind of matters what one you pick. Mm -hmm. And, And there's always a moment where I'm like, okay, it's like a test. Yeah. I don't want to take the one that's their favorite mug. Yeah. But I also don't want to take the most basic one because I have a personality too. And so trying to balance, um, trying to trying to find the mug that is not as well loved, but is also reflective of my own identity mm-hmm. in somebody else's house is really interesting and then you go to an airbnb and it's like trying to choose a t-shirt from a stranger's closet (laughs) (laughs) i oh my god i've never thought of that that's great that's so great it's wonderful and it doesn't need to be this way and yet kind of collectively we view these inexpensive little tchotchkes as these reflections of the self also like you must go to some way cooler airbnbs than i do because the ones <laughs> i usually stay at i'll have like it's all like oh they're all just black mugs or they're all like clear mugs and it's like mm-hmm. they're trying too hard to be like trendy yeah and like like th- th- it's, yeah it's just trying too hard but there i've never stayed in an airbnb that had like fun mugs i feel like the fun mugs are have stories behind them like someone mm-hmm. left left them behind because yeah there's always a set of at least four of the same mug and then in the back of the cabinet there's like this weird flower one or like number one grandma mug love number one grandma mugs (laughs) if i go over to your house and you have a number one grandma mug uh make sure that it's still there when i leave (laughs) my my parents so like one it would be very easy for you to tell what the favorite mug is at my parents' place because they only have like two fun mugs and then everything else is just like solid white. Mm-hmm. I'm nodding my head up and down because my it's, mom, I, I'm going to read about my mom's mug collection. Yeah. She gave me like a paragraph, a thoughtful paragraph about why she only has white mugs. Oh, really? I should have asked mm-hmm. my mom that. Um, when I go to my parents' house, they just have these like nondescript, just like solid white mugs. And I always feel so like bored and boring like using them mm-hmm. so usually i go for the other one just because like i feel like in my family i am kind of established as the like silly person mm-hmm. you wouldn't be caught dead drinking out of a white plain mug yeah like like drinking out of a white plain mug is like me wearing like my sunday best all the time uh-huh i i don't even wear my sunday best like on a sunday <laughs> that's <laughs> That's your sinless persona. Yeah. Um, which is very, it does not exist. Um. <laughs> I'm not allowed to. I can't touch. It burns my skin to touch a white <laughs> yeah. mug. I just leave, I just leave a red handprint after I touch a white mug. <laughs> but then by default, I make it more interesting because now it has a red handprint on it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, it turns into like, it's like Wilson. <laughs> oh no <laughs> work from home Andrew turning his white mugs into Wilson's <laughs> and talking to them uh, at least yep. I have a dog hello gorgeous 
<laughs> yeah. Like it, it becomes so much darker and sadder. <laughs> if it has <laughs> if it has a handprint face on so, it. Someone comes over, she's like, Andrew, why is there blood on your coffee mugs? Jess Wilson. Oh my god. Speaking of like kind of creepy mugs in my basement, it was like what? <laughs> so, <laughs> I should preface this story with I don't no, have don't enough preface it that's the perfect way to open a, a weird story about your creepy mug so in my basement in my basement there lives a mug um, so like uh, uh, years ago when my when my uh, grandma like on my dad's side passed away like my aunts and uncles and my mom like went through were going through her house and like piecing stuff out and at the time I was in college and so my mom was like oh Andrew could use some mugs and so I got these mugs and when I opened them they are these like Campbell's soup mugs they're like from the era where it was like they were trying to be like cute but they just look incredibly creepy in context now uh-huh. like it's like yeah. the creepy babies like type mm-hmm. of like like the old uh Jesus baby paintings from back in the day. Yeah, we just, we haven't figured out yet that you just need to make the proportions the same as cats. That's how you get cute. Yeah. Um, and and so I have these like kind of creepy Campbell's soup mugs and I have like 10 of them. And when I moved into this place, I didn't end up having room in the cupboard for, for them. And so they got banished. He gave me some... Uh finger quotes for room yeah they got they got banished (laughs) to the basement well i say finger quotes for room because like i could have just put like what is also in that same cupboard somewhere else but i chose i I know what you mean (laughs) there's a reason why the campbell mugs are in the basement whoops mom there's no room in this cupboard i guess those have to go downstairs now (laughs) so 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 why? Why don't those Campbell mugs represent Schmandrew art? Because they're real creepy. You're not a creepy dude. No, I'm a golden retriever. Well, send me one of them because I'm a creepy bitch <laughs> and I might be delighted by it. So my mom has all white. Uh, she has like two sets, I think, of all white coffee mugs. Mm-hmm. And I asked her about it. And this is her direct quote about her all white coffee mugs. She says, I have a white kitchen and white Williams-Sonoma dishes. They are calm in the abundant garden setting of my home and yard. Also, mine have texture instead of a design or a motif because I find I get tired of gaily painted designs or quirky sayings. It is less entertaining for others, but pleasant for me, like meditative pleasant. At the lake, I have mugs that are blue and white like the water. So my coffee mugs are not their own island. They fit in holistically to the landscape I have created. That was incredibly well written. Wasn't it? Like, oh, dang, it took her like 20 minutes. Yeah. It's like, I'm sitting there, I'm seeing the dot, 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 dot. And then she gave me poetry. Your your mom's over there writing like poetry about like, like kitchen utensils. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they suddenly become like so much deeper than like, just a white mug. <laughs> I think it's beautiful too, because even though it is a white mug that she's choosing to have in her home, she's choosing it for the same reasons that we're choosing these goofy mugs, my little sex bunny mug. Um, 
because they fit in holistically to the landscape of life that she has created. Our mugs fit into holistically the landscape of life that we have created. But they're just coffee mugs. Brain explosion. So I know this isn't the topic we agreed to talk about today, um, but I tried to bring it mm-hmm. up last time and I don't think my point got across. So oh, which, which, which one was it? Right. Um, I want to talk about the starving artist trope. Oh, but we did talk about that because I talked about my really delicious, um, I mean, my apple like cobbler from last time. I understand. I I understand it. And I and I heard you and uh, that that really did sound delicious. And it does solve like in one way, it solves the problem of the so, starving artist. So what I'm hearing but is you're I, not a fan of sweet things. So maybe you're more like a savory person. I'm I mean, that's technically true. Like this week I had after we finished recording last time, it was just oh, my God, I had uh, you had a thought about the starving artist. Trope. Super delicious. Uh, well, I was hungry myself, so I was starving. Okay. And I had these ahi tuna steaks and I ended up making pan seared tuna steaks and they were oh, delicious. I see. It sounds very savory. The minute the minute that it touched my tongue, I was just like, yes, I have to tell Beth about this. And that's and you were like, yes, Beth is this is exactly what she wants to hear mm-hmm. on this particular topic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that maybe I need to be more direct with um, the difficult topics in the future. I mean, because maybe Andrew isn't going to pick up on what I'm putting down. I mean, pan searing tuna steaks can be difficult, Beth. So like, <laughs> it's really hard to get the perfect crispy outer it's really surface. Hard to talk to you about this. This was really hard. Uh. It is very hard. You want to cook the middle, right? Yeah, and you gotta you gotta keep it raw. Yeah, and you can only let it sear for like a minute and a half, or like two minutes on each side. What a short amount of time to be hungry! Yeah, I know it's it's amazing, right? It's super fast and convenient to make. So if you're starving and you're an artist, it's a Uh it's a great meal. Even if you're not an artist, sounds great. Yeah, well, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. (laughs) So we've already kind of touched on how much we care about our coffee mugs, but I want to talk about this thing, this phenomenon that I've discovered over the past week. Ray Dunn women. And I'm not here to make fun or uh, chagrin any Ray Dunn women. If you collect Ray Dunn pottery, hell yeah, more power to you. If it's a thing that brings you joy, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to yuck your yum. Awesome. There are collectors out there. Of all things. Yep. I collect magic cards. And I... So, okay, a quick aside for me. I'm not a collector. The only thing that I've ever, quote-unquote, collected uh, were the stickers that you would get on, like, pants that you bought at Target that say, like, medium. And I I would... When I was a kid, I would put them... There's, I had a wall in my closet, and I would just put the stickers up the wall, the whole piece of the wall just was covered in like size stickers from pants so i don't talk much about stuff that i collect because that's trash i just held on to little pieces of trash 
So you're saying that you're going to be a, like on on one of those hoarder TV shows in the future. It's just the stickers. I I didn't I don't collect others. I'm a minimalist otherwise. <laughs> I'm really good, Andrew. I know you live in California. You can't have too much stuff there. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so while collection is not something that like I personally identify with, it is something that like brings a lot of people a lot of joy and the the thrill of the hunt is mm-hmm. a huge part of it, right? And that's a huge thing when it comes to Ray Dunn. So, for context, Ray Dunn herself is a San Francisco, California-based potter with a degree in industrial design. Her pottery is simple, it's playful, and it's strongly influenced by the Japanese aesthetic of wabi-sabi, or the beauty of things imperfect, impermanent, and incomplete. So here's a quote from her artist bio on her website. Quote, I don't think my art is a reaction against the complexity of life today, but rather a way for me to embrace the joyful, spontaneous elements of daily life that seem to be wanting in so much of what we do. Today, more than ever, I think we need to slow down and grasp that which is honest, real, and personally satisfying. I try to express those feelings in all of my work. I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I really like that. So that's the artist. Uh, and the work is very recognizable. You've seen it if you've been to a TJ Maxx, a Home Goods, a Marshalls. Well, maybe it might have been bought out before you could see it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so the Ray Dunn's in particular, they're not really what she as an artist is making now. This particular line was, got really popular to a degree that she was no longer able to fulfill it. So she started outsourcing all of this line of Ray Dunn pottery to a Chinese manufacturer. So she herself is not making these handmade pieces. Yeah. Instead, they are mass produced and made to look handmade. She's licensed it out to somebody else, basically. Right. And they're cream-colored ceramic mugs, plates, and containers, and they always have a tall sans-serif word on them. Usually the word has to do with the object. So a jar that says cookies or a mug that says coffee. It's very minimalism. So there are these groups of women who collect Ray Dunn pottery. They're referred to as Ray Dunn hunters. They're also known as Ray Dunners or the Ray Dunnies, among other nicknames. Why not Ray Dunters, like hunter, but dunter? Dunt? Doesn't calling yourself a dunt imply that maybe there's something lacking upstairs? I don't know. <laughs> Dunt has a very stunted vibe to it. It's that's, not a real word. That's fair. So it could it could mean anything. It could mean a gorgeous, brilliant, ephemeral woman. But instead, I chose to make it sound. I chose to make it dunt. <laughs> so these hunters have a bunch of Facebook groups. There are hundreds of Facebook groups, both national and regional, and they have names like Ray Dunn Newbies, Ray Dunn Addicts, Girls Just Want to Have Dunn. <laughs> okay. I, God, I hope they made t-shirts, and I kind of want one of those t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's... Kudos. Kudos on whoever named that. Andrew, careful, you're going to get a Girls Just Want to Have Done t-shirt and someone's going to get you a Hello Gorgeous Ray Dunn mug. That's fine. We know about this because of like a viral TikTok mm-hmm. from, yeah, I don't know, months ago. It's the it's the quarantine. I, time doesn't mean anything. Is it the one that you sent to me? Probably. Okay. Of the guy being like, I've worked at Marshall's for five years. Oh, yeah, And when yeah. I first started working, I was told to be wary of the Ray Dunn women because every time the doors open in the beginning of each workday, they flood the 
store and just go straight to the merchandise and buy up all of the new Ray Dunn objects. But what's interesting, what I find interesting about this collection is that like the the pottery is not rare. It is mass produced. Mm -hmm. There are limited time frames that you can get certain things like seasonal items. Yeah. But ultimately, collection is based on a scarcity and there isn't really a scarcity to these pieces. And it's also not so much about the pieces themselves as it's about like getting a massive collection of Ray Dunn. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people online who will share cabinets and cabinets and cabinets full of all white, faced out, sans serif, tall type worded pottery. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So I was reading a blog post called Addicted to Ray Dunn, How Collecting Pottery is Putting Women Thousands of Dollars in Debt. And there's just quote after quote after quote pulled from different Facebook groups and Reddits and whatnot mm -hmm. of uh, women sharing their experiences. And mostly in this case, their negative experiences trying to get out of the Ray Dunn hubbub. And I'm going to read some of these to you because it's mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Dolores says, I just started two months ago when I first saw a mug with my husband's name on it. I loved how cute the cups were, so I got one with my daughter's name on it, and then I got another one with my sister, and then other sisters, then canisters, and la la la. I keep wanting to focus on so many of these quotes being yeah. like, I, I bought a mug. The first thing I bought was a mug. For me, it started with the crazy mug, ironically, this person says. It starts with mugs, Andrew. And what's cool about the Ray Dunn mugs is that they are, uh, they're kind of like a mix between what my mom was talking about and what mm -hmm. we were talking about of this clean aesthetic that matches anything, but it's also personalized enough for it to feel like a, a charming representation of you. Yeah. So I wonder if if Ray Dunn mugs have kind of hit the nail on the head for the, the grandest audience by accident, by total accident, because she did not mean for this to go viral and be yeah. uh, the sensation that it has become. You could uh, almost say they're uh, multiplying like bunnies. Hey, <laughs> like bunny sex mug. <laughs> what would you do if you came over and I had um, four cabinets full of bunny sex mug paraphernalia? There's part of me that's probably like I would probably not say anything. But then also, if there was an opportunity for a joke, I'd probably make a joke. Ooh, <laughs> and then I could just I get to lay in bed at night and be like, did he think it was weird that I have 727 pieces of bunny sex pottery in my yeah. home i mean there's part of me that kind of likes the bit that like you know you started with two and then the, then there were four and then there were like eight and then like 16 and it just multiplies because then it's funny because it's like actual rabbits i can only drink from this mug now because i also have a sex bears mug and that would be <laughs> far Far more dangerous. <laughs> okay. You I need a backstory. Why do you have a sex <laughs> bears? These are Taylor and NG. Copyright 2013 art mugs. Um, and this artist just made a set of four different animals. Okay. In um just like low-key coital positions with each other. Like really, when you look at this mug, you don't think anything of it yeah. until you look a little bit closer. And so we have one with bunnies, one with bears, one with penguins and one with uh oh what's the last one we have the bears penguins and bunnies one I can't remember what other animals having sex in my cabinet <laughs> just think about the sentence you just said <laughs> 
Kim says, I spent over $15,000 in six months. It consumes my every thought. I think of it even when I'm trying to fall asleep. It nearly cost me my marriage. Yeah, that's that's wild. Like, because I guess like with magic cards, like, like I understand how it could get that way. But like with magic cards, it's like, okay, there's a game that you can play with it. Mm-hmm. Um. And they functionally build on each other, magic cards. Yeah. You can have a card, sure, but it doesn't function unless it's with a deck. And then its function changes based on the different decks that you put it with or insert it into. Fun fact about magic cards. um, In the last, like, year or so, somebody, there was a study done. uh, Magic the Gathering is, like, one, one, like, the most complicated game, I think, that, like, exists. And two, it is... the it is possible to create a magic deck that functions in the way of a basic computer where like really yes where certain effects cause things to happen and you can't like and it just it, it just goes through like uh, a cycle of uh of functions basically and they there's this one youtube channel i forget the guy's name there's this YouTube channel this guy did in conjunction with um, a magic YouTube channel called the Command Zone, mm-hmm. where they actually talked about it and they like basically built the deck that would like function as that like quote unquote computer, and 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 then they like played a game out with it and he like demonstrated how it it functions and it it was really cool to see like that is how complicated the game of magic is. That's wild. Yeah. Can't do um, that with Ray Dunn pottery. Yeah. But that being said, there are still people out there who collect magic cards that they don't really play. They just like to look at them. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they, they or it's collect the them because the them. artists. It's, yeah. It's, it's looking, trying to find the ones that you like. Yeah. And it's kind of like the, the hunt thing. Yeah. Because like I have cards that like I have... I've collected over the years that some of them I'm like, oh, I remember I got that at Gen Con. The mm-hmm. card just came out and it was super hard to find. And and I found a vendor that had one and I was so excited. Like, I'm never going to trade this card ever. There's something to be said about the dopamine rush that you get from completing a task like that, because our lives mm, are yes. so gray. Our experience in the world is is so just middling all the time and even in our work it's very hard to feel um to feel satisfied that the task that you got done or the the thing that you turned in was like correct Mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons why i play video games is because there's a win condition yeah and it feels wonderful to work really hard for a long time to try to achieve something and to have that thing be achieved it doesn't necessarily matter what that thing is like in Death Stranding, when I deliver a package of medication to the elder on the mountain and he gives me a thumbs up, that feels fucking great. Mm-hmm. I imagine that if you're hunting for a specific raid done piece and you find it, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that feels awesome. Yeah. You won. You got the achievement. The dopamine hit done rushed right up in there. And I'm over here to be like, hey, maybe check out Animal Crossing. S- less expensive. Same feelings. I'm being judgy. I mean, I mean, we can't all collect things that are as, you know, as as uh, cheap as as stickers, size stickers from from clothing. Why? Why do you think <laughs> what kind of a dopamine rush did I get from putting a size sticker from my pants on the wall? 
What Maybe is Maybe like patterns and you wanted to make like a visual pattern out of like the repeating M's or S's or whatever. Honestly, can I be, can I be frank? What? I think I just didn't want to throw it away. Like I'm a lazy bitch and I would just put on my pants and there'd be a sticker on it. And instead of taking the sticker off and putting it uh, downstairs in the kitchen trash can, I would just take it off and put it on the wall. And I did that enough times that I have now a collection of stickers. So is that collecting or is that me not wanting to throw away trash? Hey, Beth. Yes, Andrew. Can we talk about color? Yeah, but do we have to whisper the whole time? Not the whole time, but I just wanted to do it for effect. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so on this week's um, uh, color segment, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to fucking call it. I can't make up my mind. Is this going to be a joke that it's just going to be something that I, I don't know what to call it? Maybe. Who knows? We'll find out. This flying insect can't see the color red in fact red appears as black to them and you're asking me a question what insect is it well yeah you you had to guess i should have clarified that i should have stated the premise of the game before i <laughs> before i just was like hmm, yes here there are bugs that can't see red beth how fun yeah, yeah. isn't that wild but they can also see ultraviolet, which we can't see. It's bees. It is bees. It's bees! How bizarre. <laughs> that's, that's just how bees are. Wow, wow. I, that was such a strong pun that it went straight over my head. I'm trying to remember why I know that bees can see ultraviolet light. Was that the thing that, that told you what it was? No, I, I at first I thought dragonfly, and then I was like, nah, I think this is bees. Hmm. You did not give me too much. I just know animal stuff. Remember? It was all, yeah, all your time watching Animal Planet. Yeah. Not Animal Planet. The, just um... nature documentaries on PBS. I am useless in any other category of trivia except for, like, dog breeds. Nice. I can, I can throw the bee facts out, but I'm trying to remember why I know about the ultraviolet light thing. It's some. It has something to do with the communication of where to go, uh, mm -hmm. to get to get to the the pollen and the flowers and stuff. Yeah, I think the wildest thing to me about that is the fact that like we can't see or like even like comprehend like what ultraviolet is. Yeah, and it's just like so there could just be like cool little patterns on everything. There are cool little patterns on Even flowers. just sitting down and thinking about how color itself is the reflection of light upon surfaces mm -hmm. and interpreted by our own eyes mm -hmm. and how limited our own eyesight is. Yeah. But like you said, it's incomprehensible to yeah. even imagine. My mom, I used to ask my mom, like, how do you fall asleep at night? Because I had trouble as a, when I was a kid. And she would tell me that she'd try to imagine a new color. And I thought, <laughs> impossible. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, but it's just like, it's wild because it's like, we can't even, you know, comprehend what that color is and like mm -hmm. what ultraviolet is. Like, even with our, our own personal understanding of color, like no matter how good at color I am, I will never be able to comprehend ultraviolet. Never. The 
the other day I was cutting my grass with some scissors and it took so long. Why didn't you just use a lawnmower, dude? Why didn't I think of that? Welcome to what's quickly becoming my favorite segment, wherein both of us will share something we saw this week that made us say, why didn't I think of that? Good intro, Andrew. I don't know. Was that good? Was that bad? I feel like that was real bad. (laughs) That was perfect. Do you want to start us off? Uh, Yeah. So mine is the trend on TikTok where people are taking the Dear Maria song and putting it to literally every anime opening and somehow it lines up perfectly on all of them. It's got such good shonen anime energy. It does. And then the the other thing too that's just like blowing my mind with this trend is the fact that like literally most of my music or like the core of the music that I listen to is shit like that. And I'm just like... (laughs) I'm like, God damn it, anime, you formed my musical taste too. <laughs> Did you, were you one of those kids who like watched animated music videos all the time? Yes. And would, yeah, find your music based on them. Like I I can find you one of the very first AMVs that I ever watched. And it is uh, Naruto to Animal I Have Become by Three Days Grace. Yes. Oh, that's so, yes. <laughs> we are cut from the same cloth, my dude. Yep, yep. But that is that is that is my why didn't I think of that? I used to make those. I believe that that I feel like that checks out with your like career yeah. and everything. They were good. <laughs> I stand. I, I still want, stand. For do you some have of them? I want to watch one one day. For somewhere. That is a goal of mine of this podcast. Is I want to watch it one day, or <laughs> oop oop. Or it would be really cool if we did like a Twitch stream and we both watched it and live reacted on the Twitch stream. We should. I did one with a Linkin Park song. <gasps> I'm pretty sure I did have a Did you do? Did one. you do? Um, okay. Did Meteora and Hybrid Theory exist when you did that? Yeah. Okay. It was a Hybrid Theory song. Okay. Um, I think it was. Was it in the end? It, it, my guess was going to be it was either in the end or it was going to be. Um, Hmm. I have to think. Would you do paper cut? There is a a very very good. Of course, I do paper cut. Paper cut's like the best song. Paper cut. Um, I had like as a child and like as like a seventh grader. I had like a whole animated music video to paper cut in my head that I talked about wanting to animate like super bad. They would have let you do it too. Yeah, that's what's rad as hell about Lincoln Park is they were like. Um, we're going to embrace the AMV lifestyle. Yeah. We're going to make animated music videos, actually. Yeah. Uh, Mike Shinoda has even talked about um, the AMVs that exist of Linkin Park songs and how he just like he, he he's like a big kid. He loves anime. He gave a talk at some convention like with Crunchyroll like a few years ago Um because he actually ended up doing like an anime inspired, like Astro Boy inspired music video for one of his own like solo songs. Well, my why didn't I think of that? While I was researching for this episode, I stumbled upon a coffee mug and I'm going to share it with Andrew right now. And I'm going to ask him why this isn't something that I already own because it's perfect. Uh, to to everybody listening, this mug, uh, it has a crab, 
Like, what mm-hmm. type of crab is that? Do we know what type of crab that is? A sexy one. This is like a deadliest catch, like big ass crab. Regular, a regular edible crab. It's looking very anatomically correct. Holding a cigarette. And it says, Life is fucking relentless. <laughs> and as Beth said, this is probably one of the best representations <laughs> of who Beth is as as a as a person because it is both incredibly goofy and silly, but has this like edge of of real to it. Yes. Oh, that coffee mug is me. I yeah. recently I think somebody equated my whole like worldview to absurdism. Optimistic absurdism. I have to do a little bit of research to make sure I'm saying the right thing. But yeah, when when nothing matters, everything matters, you know? Yeah. Let's be mindful and thoughtful about the world that's falling apart as we stand on it. <laughs> yeah. Love each other and watch it crumble, baby. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. And it I is. look at that and I'm like, God damn it. Why didn't I draw that? Why didn't I it come up with the crab smoking luck. the cigarette saying life is fucking relentless? Because you were busy making strong coffee. Strong coffee needs to come out. Nobody has seen strong coffee. It's my secret. It's my secret. And once it comes out, it will be my Marie Dunn. Fuck, I never remember the name. Ray Dunn. It will be my Ray Dunn. (laughs) I feel like it's kind of, I kind of love the fact that like you keep messing up the name. I was going to cut out every time I mess out the name. But now that you said that, maybe I'll keep it in. (laughs) And people will know. I can't remember Ray Dunn. I have to look at it written down. But I'll always that's... remember this crab. <laughs> See, that's that's a side of art that like I am I'm jealous of because it's like I'm not good at coming up with like just silly like real things like yeah. that. Yeah. It's and it like you look at that and you go, "Of course. What an excellent idea." And then you look yeah. at a blank page and you're like, just do it, Beth. Just make make an excellent idea. You're, it's so easy to recognize those when you see them. Why not just make one? And it's a whole nother skill set. Yeah. Anyway, props to whoever made the crab cup. 10 out of 10. Yes. I wish I was you. <laughs> I may purchase this. So, Andrew, are there other things that are like coffee mugs? Yeah, I think uh, the first thing that sprang to sprang to mind, sprung to mind. The first thing that went in my head was socks, (laughs) like funny socks. All right. Colorful, expressive socks, because the people who the people who have like the, the really interesting socks are the same people who I bet they open up their cupboards and it's just like the cool they they have the life is fucking relentless mug. Mm-hmm. But they also have a set of of socks that has like crabs on it. Not a novelty person. One who loves kitsch. Yeah. So yeah, useful but unnecessary. That's socks. Artful, yes, socks. And personal. Yeah. I feel like also very easily integrated into a typical nine to five. Oh, what, uh, wearing socks? Mugs and funny socks. Because like funny socks, you can be very dressed up, but then just have 
bunny socks. I didn't think of that as being a requirement, but you're absolutely right. Andrew, I think you just hit the nail on the head. (laughs) Wow. I'm over here being like, I did jewelry? I didn't know. A backpack? (laughs) (laughs) I told you. Like at the very beginning of this, we were talking about it. And Beth was just like, I don't know if there's like, we might not even address this like last question. I was like, I have a very good answer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's socks. Yes. Yeah, totally. Like, I don't have that many goofy socks. I do have some. I have I have very bright pink and bright blue socks, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. I also have a pair of Norman Rockwell socks that are basically the uh, freedom from want yes freedom from want uh illustration i am a mismatched shots oh no oh no (laughs) say that sentence out loud i am a mismatched sock person help me andrew (laughs) (laughs) try saying it like five times fast mismatched socks person mismatched socks person mismatched socks person yeah It doesn't sound, it doesn't feel good to say. So maybe I should not be one. But I, I, I have a lot of socks and whichever ones I grab, if they have a a similar texture, I will wear them and it does not matter what they look like. Uh, I have, I have solved this problem for my, well, is it a problem? It's only a problem if you think it's a problem. Sometimes I want matching socks, but it's a, it's a problem. Here, oh, God, there's stuff going on in my brain that I'm examining now as an adult. Why do things have to match? (laughs) Whoa, whoa, dude. My brain stopped. (laughs) They don't, you're right. And I've lived lived my, what? I wish our listeners could have seen the look on your face when I asked you, why do they have to match? (laughs) They don't. It was like watching a hamster on a wheel, and all of a sudden the wheel goes too fast for the hamster. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's just the the hamster's just spinning around on the wheel. And the wheel's spinning, yeah. (laughs) Oh, you flattened out my brain, my dude. No, you're right. They don't have to match, but there is a societal expectation, at least a little bit, that you would have matching socks. Um, And I'm I'm putting together right now that like I didn't want to throw away my clothing trash. So my tags, and this is a mm-hmm. problem too. I can't stick the tags on the wall, but my husband will tell you, uh, there's a little piece, if I buy new clothes, you're going to find new clothes tags on the floor where I just ripped it and let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I put the stickers on the wall and now I'm like, I don't match my sho- socks. I just pull whatever socks out and I put them on. I There is always one step in the clothing process that I choose mm-hmm. to skip. What is that? What's going on with my brain? That's not an active choice because I'm solving that problem by, and I'll share with you right now, purchasing a collection of similar socks that when worn Mm. together all look like I should be wearing them together. I'm going to show Andrew my socks right now and he's going to describe what I've done. They they just all have bunnies on them having sex. You're lying! No! (laughs) You son of a bitch! You tricked me! (laughs) <laughs> they 
They have different colored toes, but the heel is like the same color. So I have a bunch of these blue socks that have a patch on the heel and a patch on the toe. And the patch on the heel and the patch of the toe are different colors on every single sock. So Mm -hmm. if I grab any of these socks, they are going to match. And I don't have to worry about it. So I have all my socks are just these socks. And it's solved a problem of me uh, never wearing matching socks. My hamster brain realizes that that's not really a problem, but it seems to be something that I want for myself and was not able to do until I bought all the same socks that are slightly different. Why are they slightly different? Why, Andrew, why didn't I just buy all the same socks, though? Like, black socks cross the board, no problem. Because does it have the same connotation in your head as buying all white Uggs? (laughs) this is not an introspective podcast dude (laughs) wow wow do i have to be special (laughs) the hamster's gone i've the hamster's (laughs) left the building the hamster died and decayed and it's just it's just a wheel spinning now (laughs) (laughs) last week we shared a small part of a very real and secret artist newsletter that all of us artists get and so far no word has come down from above about us breaking any rules so i'm drunk on power and want to do it again welcome to the segment i would like to call what they're not telling you wherein andrew and i take turns reading from our very real artist only newsletter and debunk all that wishwash about how anyone can be an artist with hard work, because actually, you were right, and it is a magic that only the special few are granted. This week, we're looking at the inspiration section again, and I'll kick it off with the first step. Toss your butter away because you don't need it. Instead, you're going to cover yourself in dish soap. (laughs) Why is it always cover yourself in stuff? You have to clear all of the furniture out of your living room. Hopefully you have hardwood floors for this. If you have carpets, maybe sit this one out this week. So once you've moved all your furniture and you're you're just in the middle of a room with, you know, mostly just wood floor around you, then you're going to lay down on the wood floor and wait until the dish soap dries. I know that it seemed like you were going to slide across the floor, but no, you have to wait until the dish soap dries and your whole body is tacky. Oh, I we didn't mention be naked. You have to be naked. Yes, I thought that was understood. Dish soap, going to turn your whole body tacky. At that point, start slapping. Slap everywhere. Slap all over the floor. Yeah, so you want to leave, you know, that kind of sticky, tacky soap residue Because then what you're going to do is you're going to go find graphite powder and you're just going to spin around in the middle of the room and just just let it fly. At that point, just take a couple pieces of paper, lay them down, plop, plop, plop on the ground. And when you flip them over, the ideas will come. That's good. (laughs) 
So now that you know where to get your inspiration from, it's small red dot time. We're recording these first episodes in a bubble, but once they're out, we want notifications. Share your favorite coffee mugs. Show us your cats. Ask us questions we're ill-equipped to answer. There's a there's infinite questions that we are ill-equipped to answer. But we do have equipment. We do. We can try. Tweet at your art friends or email us at your art friends pod at gmail.com. That's your art friends pod at gmail.com. We want to bring you into the show because friendship is a two-way street. So come find us on Twitter Boulevard, baby. Uh, you can find me at Schmandrew Art everywhere. That's S-C-H-M Andrew Art. You can find me at Beth B. Red all over the internet. I'm live streaming on Twitch Mondays and Tuesdays at noon Pacific Standard Time. At the end of each episode, we want to recommend an artist that one or both of us have been digging lately. They could be famous, underground, dead, or seven years old. If they made something rad, we're here to respect it. Hell and I'm yeah. picking the artist this week. Uh, my friend Autumn turned me on to these guys. They make these like one-of-a-kind handcrafted mugs. Well, that's on topic. I know, so good. They're on Instagram. They're called Mystery. I said that wrong. Mio. Mio, it's mystery, but Mjolnir, M-Y-O-S-T-E-R-Y. Mjolnir. Is it Mjolnir? The hammer? That's the hammer? Yeah. <laughs> I know, Norse things. <laughs> I don't know if they're underground. They don't have a website. It's an artist couple that makes cute ceramics. Um, and this is this is their bio. It says, since 2008, welcome to Mjolnir. Artist couple makes cutest ceramic and creations. Cuteness heals everything and guys it's very cute they're fantastic these ceramic pieces so cute they're so stinking cute it's like it's painful uh these are very cute pink cheeked creatures uh little dot eyes that are very full of expression each one of these ceramics it's not just a cup with a different face like the shapes of the cups and how they interact with each other and the extensions of things projecting out from them and the handles and everything it's very unique mm -hmm. um and each piece i, I know from my friend autumn when they have a, a drop they're hard to get and i understand why these things are adorable and i highly recommend going and checking them out yeah they they also make me think of like if these mugs were like Toy Story, where at like night they came to life, like that's what these mugs would be. They would just be these adorable little things that like got into trouble. I'd watch that movie in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Like there could be an entire anime to that with Dear Maria as the opening. Moistery, <laughs> <laughs> check your DMs. We have an idea for you. Yeah. It writes itself. <laughs> it really does. And with that, we've come to the end of the podcast. Sometimes we were serious, and sometimes it was all just tomfoolery. Shout out to famed 16th century court jester Tom Fool! But that's just what you get when two friends who met because of a shared love of making things and a bare ass sit down to make a podcast. Yep. Bye. Bye. See ya. Ah. Your Art Friends is a Park Media production. Our music is by Andrew Smith. You can listen to his music on Spotify and iTunes under the name Makeshift Radio. 